You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. What is up, the internet? This is your good friend, Curtis Spears, back with another one of the Okada Shorts short, G-Wondering, covering Night 8 of the G-132 from Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. And normally about Night 8 is where you start getting into the, I don't want to say the doldrums of the G-1 tournament, but it's the the new tournament shine is worn off. It's not quite to the finals yet when we're seeing, you know, who's going to pull ahead. We're right smack dab in the middle. We've had we've had just enough matches to where things start to kind of settle in a bit. And I got to admit, I, I felt a little bit of the night eight doldrums here for for this particular night. Only one match really kicked it into another gear for me. All the matches were good. But there was one match that was great. We'll get to it. Let's go ahead and start off with the very first match of the tournament tonight. Finley versus Shingo. So the crowd is still really backing Finley, even against a huge favorite like Shingo. The match is good, but it's starting out a little bit flat. I don't know if maybe Finley kind of blew his wad against Juice and doesn't have a lot left in the tank against Shingo at first. He's kind of got to get himself into that next level. ELP. El Phantasmo should be on commentary for every match from here on in, even his own. I've heard him on commentary before, but he's even better now. He was fantastic this entire evening. He should be on commentary for every show, every match, even the matches that he's in, he should be on commentary for. Shingo is in full control for most of the match, and Finley steals one with a nifty stunner and then like a roll-up combo. It never quite took it up a notch. Do you know what I mean? Do you do you feel me? Maybe Shingo needed to play up a, a little bit more of a heel. Shingo didn't really change from his normal look when he comes out to these matches, and I think if he would have played up his asshole, cocky heel persona just a little bit, like, I'm a former world champion, you're just a punk, you're beneath me, then maybe I could have felt a little bit more for this match. I think Shingo playing the heel here would have probably put this match up a little bit higher, because then Finley's overcoming of Shingo's cockiness would have felt a little bit more. Finley's confidence has got to be through the roof right now. He's coming out with a a good bit of swagger, which is really nice. Uh, He did just defeat Juice. He's just pinned Shingo Takagi. He's, you know, kind of calling out Will Ospreay. He is tied for the top of the block. He has one extra match over Will Ospreay. So Will's technically ahead on points at the moment, but they are tied. So we'll see where that goes in the future. I mean, Finley could be a player in this block, which would be really cool. Uh, No one really saw that coming. Next match, 
Filthy Tom Lawler versus Jonah Rock. Uh, I, the aesthetic of Team Filthy is the heliest thing in the A block. It's the best. Uh, they they just look like complete chads. They they look like the the asshole kids who are getting drunk for the first time on the college campus, and I fucking love it because they're actually like thirty plus year old men. <laughs> I can't wait for Jonah to finally establish himself now that the Yano match is behind him. When he comes out and he does the big stomp as part of his entrance and the 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 ring crew and the referee and things like that play along with the stomp and the camera like shakes. Great stuff. During the match, there was a stare down between Royce Isaacs and Bad Dude Tito. I, I want a Royce Isaacs and Bad Dude Tito singles match now. Please give it to me. Uh, Jonah looked very dominant. In this uh, in this match, he looks huge. He looks inescapable. Every time Lawler would run at him, he would just engulf him. And it feels like Lawler didn't really have a plan for dealing with someone of Jonah's size. And that's two matches in a row that he struggled against larger opponents, which is bad considering the block that he's in. It sucks that both of them were 0-1 going into this fight because that means that one of them is going to go 0-2. And I wish that they could both establish some dominance. I would like for them to both be uh, mainstays in Japan in the near future. Even when Lawler takes control of the match, he can't hold it. And Jonah hits the huge torpedo splash for two points. Lawler's match is against Yano. Jesus wept. Lawler might go 0-3 to start the tournament. That's tough. Next up, Great Okan and Sonata. I really wanted Okan to start pulling away in this match. Okan's starting with the mind games early. Uh, during Sonata's entrance, he's showing disrespect, intimidation. It's great. The match starts out very scientific. I love it when Okan goes full, like, catch shooter. He, you know, rolling around, grabbing knees, grabbing ankle locks, that sort of thing. I love it when Okan proves that he can do that and he's not just an entrance. And Sonata can hold his own. Sonata knows how to show his ground game and when to show it too, which is really nice. They start picking up the pace about the eight minute mark, transitioning to more power and impact moves during the test of wills fighting spirit spot. Uh, Sonata accidentally kicks Okan in the pills, which leads to Sonata getting some near falls. And that's the second unfortunate coincidence. That's a big, scary quote fingers, unfortunate coincidence in two matches for Sonata. He gets the skull end on Okan, which at one point Okan starts shaking, and it just looks like he's going to pop right out of it. The skull end is a fucking, just a terrible dragon sleeper. Sonata hits Okan with a pop-up TKO, which didn't look very good, but then he hits him with a Muda Moonsault, which was beautiful. I mean, the Muda Moonsault's gorgeous, uh, and Sonata hits it very well. It was fine. Again, it never hit another level for me. It's... So far in these three matches, nothing has really stuck out. Stupid, sexy Sonata ruining Okan's tournament. That upset me. Finally, we have the main event of the evening, Zack Sabre Jr. and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And this match we've seen a lot of times. I've seen this match live at the Copper Box Arena in London. It's great every time. But you kind of think, what are they going to do? to top themselves this time. Can they top themselves this time? Um, God knows. God knows what they're going to do. And this time, they put on one of the better shows that they've ever put on together. Zack starts by working Tana's arms. And when targeting the arms doesn't work, he'll go for an attack on Tana's knees. And when Tana's recovering from that, he grabs the arm again. It's really smart. 
Zack is relentless. I love watching him because he looks like he's trying to invent new ways to hurt people. If I could come up with a word to describe Zack Sabre Jr., one single word, it's sadistic. The closing stretch of this match was great, and the crowd agrees. They audibly gasp when Tanahashi somehow escapes Zack's European clutch and finishes the match with a pinning predicament of his own. And after the match, Tana and Zack, they playfully share a game of almost gotcha. You know, oh, I almost got you. Oh, you almost got me. I almost got you. It was a clinic. I've, I've, I've seen Tanahashi wrestle like a scientific match before, but this one was, I don't know, somehow more special. It's like, Zach is my favorite nemesis for Tana. I wouldn't say it's a, a rival. A rival is someone who's competing with another person on the same, for the same objective or for superiority in the same field. That's not what they're doing. Zach Sabre Jr. is not in the same field as Tanahashi, even though I think he should be. I would call Zack Sabre Jr. Tanahashi's nemesis. Nemesis is defined as the inescapable agent of someone's or something's downfall. An arch enemy. Someone who doesn't want to play on the same field as you. They want to stop you from achieving your goals or end and your pursuit of those goals completely. And that's what Zack Sabre Jr. is to Tanahashi. He doesn't want to beat Tanahashi to prove that he has the the fighting spirit. No, he wants to end Tanahashi. He said multiple times in multiple interviews, I want to be the person who retires the great Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I mean, God bless him. He keeps trying. I look forward to their next singles match again now. And I, I didn't think that that was going to be a thing. So yeah, altogether, every every match was good. Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. was great. Uh, that's where we're at. So let's look at the blocks. We're just going to run through these real fast because there is another show today. It's actually going to be going on in the next few hours. But just for the quick update, if you're listening to these in order, A Block, uh, Okada and Bad Luck Filet are both... Uh, are both tied with four points at the top. B block is Sonata and Jay White are both tied with four points at the top of the block. C block is a three-way tie between Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr. and Hiroki Goto? Question mark. And the D block has David Finley and Will Ospreay sitting alone atop the block. Now, when... We're looking at tomorrow, the upcoming bouts that you'll hear my bad friend Rafe Houston talk about are Jeff Cobb versus Lance Archer, big boy battle, that'll be nice. Yoshihashi versus Juice Robinson, that sounds like it's going to be fun as hell. Jay White versus Chase Owens. Kazuchika Okada versus Bad Luck Filet. And Tetsuya Naito versus Evil to close out the night. So, a big night of action for night nine. Can't wait to hear what Rafe thinks about it. And um, that's going to be it for us. So let's go ahead and do some shout outs real fast. If you'd like to follow me on social media, you can find me at LDestructo83 on all the social medias. If you'd like to follow my bad friend Rafe Houston, you can follow him at FacesFeelsCast on all those same social medias. If you'd like to follow the show, you can follow the show at Okada Shorts on all the social medias. That's Instagram and Twitter. You can also find 
the people that made this uh, podcast possible, the Countout Podcast Network, on all the social medias at Countout Pod. And last but not least, we're going to throw it out to Owen, who's going to play us out for the night with our banger theme. I love it because every time I listen to it, I go, fuck yeah, that's our theme song. You know what I mean? It's fucking cool. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and throw it out to Owen right now, though. Keep it right. Keep it tight. Keep it short. This has been a Count Out Podcast.